You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today It is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. It is our first show of the new year. We'll talk about the uh, current lockout and give an update on where things are right now between the Players Union and MLB. And also, we'll look at some New Year's resolutions, maybe, that some Nationals fans should have as we head into the 2022 season. And also, a look at some of the other starting pitchers who contributed in some of the previous episodes. We went over the years that Joe Ross, Eric Fetty, uh, Steven Strasburg, obviously not having much of a year, but, you know, look back on the year for him. And also for Patrick Corbin, we look at some of the other guys who are in the back end of the rotation that are still on the Nationals, that were still there after they made their moves and made some starts in the second half of the season and what their staying power could be the Nats in 2022 and beyond. All right, before we get into everything here on the show today, I want to thank you all for helping us grow this thing in 2021. So 2020 is when we first began this show, and it uh, we began a couple months before COVID hit hard, and that made the show difficult. Well, we made it to 2021 after that 2020 abbreviated season, and we had a full year this year, and I thank all of you all for supporting this show from start to finish. It was a really successful year. Uh, our audience has grown. I really appreciate you guys being a part of that uh, across the entire year. And uh, also we started our YouTube channel as well. So kind of having this growth uh, across the entire 2021 was great. Uh, Our show was up 200% in terms of listenership. And I appreciate once again, the thousands of you that downloaded, checked out the show. Make sure you guys check us out on YouTube now too. really subscribe. We want to build that channel up here in 2022 and make that a place that Nats fans can come and uh, kind of a conversational place, right? As opposed to these podcasts, you know, you guys can't interact with each other. Uh, comment sections on YouTube uh, videos are a great place for that to happen. So let's see if we can grow that YouTube channel. Just look up Locked On Nationals. You can find us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Let us know what else you guys want coming up here. Try to get some more interviews, kind of diversify who we talk to a little bit as we head towards what hopefully is a full uh, season here in 2022. And that kind of leads us into our first point, uh, first topic, if you will, today. I'm going to read here from Anthony Franco at MLB Trade Rumors. We're going to talk about, once again, this lockout. He says, no CBA negotiations between MLB and MLBPA are currently scheduled. He says, last month, Evan Drellich of The Athletic reported that Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association weren't expected to discuss core economic issues until after the new year. The calendar has since flipped, but there still don't seem to be any talks on the horizon. Bob Nightingale of USA Today reports that there is currently no schedule for the next set of collective bargaining discussions. Uh, Nightingale adds that the parties have met twice since MLB instituted a lockout in the early morning hours of December 2nd. Those talks, as expected, were strictly regarding issues not related to core economics. In those key economics, i.e. the game's service time structure, the competitive balance tax, and playoff expansion, that are the greatest importance to both sides. So, once again, we are at a point right now um, where, you know, we're at a full month of this lockout as we're talking here on January 3rd. Started in the 
you know, early hours of, as, as Bob Nightingale said, December 2nd, as the article said from Anthony Franco, December 2nd. And I've been asking everybody I've talked to on this show, you know, what's your confidence level? How are you feeling as we head towards this point? And I think that cautious optimism that a lot of people had, and I think that I had at one point too, I, I felt like there was no way Major League Baseball could repeat what they did in 2020 and kind of by extension what they did back in the 90s as well. I didn't think that would happen. But as we kind of move into January now, and look, I know they said this is the first Monday of the new year. So expecting them to be at the table right now uh, is is kind of weird. But I felt like, you know, I felt like they could have set a date before and said, hey, look, uh, January 6th, right? Sometime in the first kind of part of January, we can come together, we can meet, and we can try to start hammering things out. Well, that didn't happen. That has not happened yet. Um I think the, you know, I want to say the lack of desperation by both sides to get something done right now just shows that they're not too worried about it. I hope, I hope that's kind of where they are. Um, but I think also people could say, well, I think it's foolish that they don't have something. I, I think if, if they believe that they're going to get something done, uh, and they're having over, they're, they're being overconfident about that situation. So, you know, there's a part of me that still is, feels like, all right, if these two sides aren't, you know, together right now, then they're not too worried, but also there is a big part of me that thinks, all right, guys, come on, get, get on the horse here. Let's make some contact. Let's get in the room. Let's have some conversations. Let's knock out these core issues, or at least try to start knocking out these core issues, because I, I feel like these are things that take a long time to negotiate. I mean, these are some really important and entrenched rules. Uh, you know, expanding the playoff is huge, right? It's, it's very big. And and the give and take from both these sides, especially the players' sides, always what you want to watch. The, the ownership, the league, usually gets its way. But that's that's what to look at. You know, what will the will the players make any inroads? Will they get themselves into a situation where they feel better about you know something like a service time, right? Uh, or they feel good about their playoff expansion? That's what I'm curious to see. How much will they have to give up to get the things that they want? Uh, and I actually am. am proponent of the expanded playoffs. I think there should be less regular season games. I think the playoffs should be expanded. That's just me though. And it's just me, but I'm going to say this once again. And if you're new to this show, it's the first time you've heard it. If you're not new to the show, you've heard me say this, uh, before the pitchers and catchers reporting clock right now at this point in time is 41 days, nine hours, 15 minutes and 15 seconds. As I am recording this right now, as that number shrinks and the number of days, that we have been locked out increases, my worry goes up, my you know concern goes up, and that's where I think I look at it from that perspective. Other people look at it a different way, just because there are more games or more days, excuse me, uh, that we've been locked out than days until spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting does not mean that there's no deal going to get done. I just feel like you know as the season approaches and as lockout continues just concern is going to rise up. But those two numbers are how I am tracking my kind of worry right now. Uh, but let's see. Let's see. Hopefully these two sides can get something done. All right. We're going to talk about some Nationals New Year's resolutions for the fans and the front office. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. And you guys will be able to find the collection of Built Bars, Built Go, Built Boost. It's a great part of any New Year's resolution. Uh, delicious Built Bars are good and they are good for you. So replace candy bars, the Built Bar today. They've got 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which has usually 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
So for the new year, find yourself some Built Bars today at Built.com. They've got coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. Built Bar is always releasing new flavors, so go there and check it out today. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off today. All right, so some New Year's resolutions here uh, in 2022 for Nationals fans. So this season uh, is going to be rough. Uh, well, at least we think it's going to be rough, right? You never know what's going to happen in, in baseball. It's, sometimes things can shock you. But this season, with the way the Nationals are currently constructing their roster, with the way they've been going about things right now, I think there is a, uh, a healthy skepticism about the quality of this team, especially when you compare it to that of the quality of the other National League East teams. The Marlins want to take a step up. The uh, the Braves, you know, just won the World Series. The Phillies wanted to make the playoffs. The Mets uh, demand kind of being a contender, even though they get in their own way all the time. The Nationals right now have just gone through a massive sell, right? That, that's where they are. And they've made a couple signings this offseason, but the signings they have made They've brought in uh, Michael Franco, and they brought in D. Strange Gordon, and they have re-signed Alcides Escobar. It appears the expectation for them, at least this season, is, look, they want to see what they have with guys like Carter Keboom. They want to see what they have with guys like Luis Garcia. They want to see what they have in the outfield uh, you know, with guys like Lane Thomas. They want to see maybe if Victor Robles this could be his last chance. There are all kinds of things that they're trying to monitor as they figure out what kind of team they want to build moving forward. You got guys like Josh Bell on the, you know, in the last year of his, uh, you know, arbitration, uh, heading towards a situation where, you know, where he could be extended. They, they could consider doing that or, you know, maybe not depending on his performance this season. I kind of have the mind that I, I think they should get a guy like that under contract just to have a veteran. I know, you know, had a decent performance last year uh, and, and know he's a pretty capable guy to put in that four spot. Not a great defender, but still, I think it's a pretty capable guy. And obviously, with the DH on the horizon, can give you some production in that setting, in that uh, instance as well. So, you know, those are the things that they're monitoring. This is a season to see what the core will be like moving forward. And also, they're moving towards the end of the contracts. They've got uh, at least Patrick Corbin's contract because... That one has got a few more years left, and they need him to pitch better. And I think they're just trying to wait a couple things out. And also, they want to see what Steven Strasburg has got in the tank. We know know, his injuries last season were pretty upsetting to watch for Nationals fans and obviously pretty upsetting for him, actually, the last two seasons. Uh, So those frustrations for Nationals fans and for him, we'll see if they continue. We'll see if they persist uh, over the course of this season. Hopefully, they can get him healthy. There's just so much evaluating that's going to go on this season. does not mean they can't try and be competitive or pick up some pieces in free agency that will help them. But I think the one New Year's resolution Nationals fans need to need to have is, look, you know, this season's probably acknowledged it's probably going to be rough and treat it as such. So when you watch games, search for things such as Lane Thomas's performance, Carter Keboom's development, Luis Garcia, how does he look physically? How does he look as a player out there in terms of confidence as he plays? Are there a couple guys... Uh, you know, like your, your Michael Francos who uh, have a good year and, and could be a guy that, you know, you can get on the cheap on a contract next season to keep with you. Is there anybody in the bullpen that we feel like deserves a prominent spot? As guys like Will Harris, you know, will pitch there last year and he's been so injured. Is there somebody that could take up the back end of the bullpen, what they've got there? How will the prospects look? There needs to be a different view on this season. I know with a player like Juan Soto, there is pressure to build a winning team and do it soon so he does not have any ideas 
of leaving, but I think he understands the spot that the club is in. He really needs to. I mean, it's it's not you know uncommon the spot they're in, and they've got a chance to build with guys like Kbert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. Uh, you know, obviously a host of other guys like Riley Adams. Could he keep uh, producing at a good level? Is Mason Thompson going to produce as well? How about the guys like Donovan Casey that we haven't seen yet? How about the prospects the Nationals have had? Uh, you know, in their ranks, Cade Cavalli's, Jackson Rutledge's, uh, you know, Seth Romero's even. Where are those guys? Factor in. Watch for those things this year. Now, when the offseason comes around, you know, there should be an expectation that this team is going to retool and see what they've got and make necessary moves to try and become competitive again. I don't think sitting on their hands for more than a year is going to be the right thing to do, especially with Juan Soto. They cannot be in a situation, the Nationals, where they lose Bryce Harper and they lose Juan Soto. It just can't happen. I mean, Juan Soto, I think, consensus is the, to me, honestly, he is the best hitter in baseball. Um, you know, just on a day-to-day basis. I really believe that. And I think a lot of people are believing that. And also his age too is very helpful. The fact that he's in his early twenties makes you think, wow, this guy is a limit for this kid. And it makes you think about the offense, right? They're the best average in the league last year for, uh, national league teams. And even after they lost all those guys, they traded, they still produced at a pretty high level on the offensive side. It felt like still the pitching was the issue. Now, Will those guys keep rolling for them next season? I don't know if Lane Thomas will keep producing the way he is. I, I, I don't think we can say for sure. Um, but we saw how easy it was to build a lineup. I mean, that front three, they had Trey, they had Schwarber, they had one. You know, even with two of those guys, they were feared. It just, with one there, it really opens up so many things, and all you need to do is start adding a couple key pieces and get this thing going to not – on, you know, Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Juan Soto, Josh Bell mode, but a place where the offense is productive and it's it's a normal offense. And I think obviously that's a that's the part where they had to protect Juan, but that's a bit easier than the other problem because to me the big problem is the pitching. They got to fix that. Like I don't I don't think Juan Soto is going to be too concerned about how the lineup looks. I think he's going to be concerned about the overall competitiveness of the team and uh, where the Nationals became non-competitive last year was the road, was the pitching. It was the bullpen. It was the starters. But that was obviously also because they traded a bunch of dudes away. They do need to make some strides in rebuilding that, uh, rebuilding the pen, be able to protect the leads, get starters into the sixth and seventh innings on quality starts. They have to start building that part up, and I think that'll be a big focus of this season. I think a lot of scouting is going to happen too. A lot of looking ahead to see who's available in 2022 at the end of the season as a free agent, the Nationals could potentially move in. So I would say the resolution for Nationals fans is to have that patience and watch for those certain things and put pressure in the right places, right? You know, it's this point we should be demanding a lot, uh, or at least uh, starter quality from Victor Robles. He's had plenty of time. You know, we should be asking for progression from Carter Keboom and seeing what Luis Garcia has and ask, you know, see if Josiah Gray will improve. Asking for those improvements is not too much, but being negative all the time about this, this is not, you know, about wins and losses. This team is not trying to win 100 games next season, not trying to win the division. Um, you know, you can get mad about the way they lose and point out the problems, but tracking the wins and losses is a barometer of what we want to see in this team, especially in the future, not how this thing should work this year. And then, uh, to the other side of that, the New Year's resolution for the front office is show the fans that you care because I think there is some sentiment right now on the Nationals fan side is that this team doesn't seem to want to rebuild as fast. And just They got the championship and they, and they want to be complacent. Show that that's not the case. Show that it's not just about the one title and you're fine not winning one for a while and 
you're semi-willing to let Juan Soto slip through your fingers. That's the big key, I think, this season for the front office. That should be their New Year's resolutions. That's what I think there about those two things. Nats fans, and then also Nats front office uh, with those things as well. All right, one more break, and then look at a couple Nationals pitchers that finished up the year for them last year and ask, hey, can these guys be a part of things in 2022? All right, so we've talked a bunch about the kind of guys that have been around for a while for the Nationals. We hit on Corbin, hit on uh, Strasburg. We also hit on Joe Ross and Eric Fetty. But the guy who was tied for the third most starts maybe the Nationals last year, there's a three-way tie. It was Paulo Espino, Joe Ross, and Max Scherzer. Obviously, Joe Ross goes down with the injury late in the season. Max Scherzer gets traded to the way. And uh, Paulo Espino was there for a you know large portion of the back end. And... This is somebody that performed very ably, in my opinion, uh, in the in the uh, 19 starts that he made. Now, he only had one quality start, but the 5-5 five and five record and 109 innings pitch and a 4.27 ERA is very, very solid for somebody they did not expect to have to throw in that role. That was not supposed to be Paulo Espino's contribution to the 2021 Nationals, but he makes the most appearances of his career with 35, makes the 19 starts as well. And I think that's somebody that, look, I don't think he should be a part of the rotation starting off next season. I think he's obviously going to get a couple opportunities to pitch maybe as a starter, but I think undoubtedly they, they don't want him to start off in that situation. Now, the good thing is you've got somebody who has got some experience in that starting uh, category, but this last season, you know, he had, a, he had a really good start. His first three months were very solid around his first 35 innings or so. Um, you know, a lot of solid work. He had a 2.84 ERA in six and a third in April, 2.08 in eight and two thirds in May. And then in June, 1.74 ERA. Uh, and that is when he picked up, you know, the win. And also the month where he picked up the save too, but was rock solid at that point. Then things got a little bit sideways for him, but it's because he took a starting role on him. 4.56 ERA in July, 7.45 in August, 4.66 in September. So, you know, this was, once again, a guy who was not supposed to be a starting pitcher for the Nationals, but is able to grind, and I think they'll need that next year. Hopefully not as a starter, but that ability to eat some innings is something I think the Nationals will need because they don't have a whole lot of starting pitching depth. We saw it last season. Fetty and Ross and Espino were not supposed to be part of the rotation, but they ended up there because of the lack of depth the Nationals had. So uh, I think I, we should expect some guys like Paulo Espino to be called on at certain points, and that's a veteran you know, at 35 years old, and he's going to be thir- uh, 35 in the season starts. Actually turns 35 in one week. Some of the Nationals I should depend on, but they've got there as kind of a safety net, and I do think he'll start out in the pen next season. Or depending on how things go, the free agency might be a starter because they can get him for cheap and he's getting still in a pre-arbitration uh, right now. All right, also on the pitching front, you know, it turns talking about guys that made starts and we'll talk about some of the young guns coming up here in uh, kind of as the weeks go on. But Josh Rogers, by young guys, I mean Josiah Gray. I really want to focus on him, but kind of give him his own episode. And by the way, if you hear anything clunking, uh, I'm sure a lot of you right now are experiencing the winter weather that is happening all across uh, the Washington, D.C. to Virginia area and every, everywhere else in between. So I hope everybody out there is staying safe right now. Uh, but if you hear any thuds, you just heard a thud right there. That is a snow falling. So hopefully it does not, does not persist. But anyway, uh, Josh Rogers 
is a very interesting guy to look at for the season that he had because he's 27 years old. He's a six, three guy, bear guy over 200 pounds. He is a lefty, which is nice. And, you know, he kind of seemed like he was finding a little bit of a home last year with the nationals. You know, he, they pick him up and he has a 2.73 ERA in the month of September across 29 and two thirds innings pitch. Now last couple starts did not go well for him, but you know, that first game pitched against the Mets, pitched him to a 4-3 win, and then he gave him six and two-thirds, eight hit ball, but still only two earned runs, uh, you know, in, in the game against the Pirates that he pitched. Came back five scoreless against the Marlins, and the next one only one earned run across um, across seven and two-thirds against the Marlins. Tough last couple starts, as I mentioned, against the Red Sox and against the Reds. But still, this is somebody who gained a little bit of confidence towards the back end. I think because of his price, because of his age, the fact that he doesn't have many innings on him uh, you know, as a major league player. I mean, this guy uh, across his entire time in the majors last three seasons has pitched a total of 61 and two-thirds innings. So he's a young guy. He's cheap. Somebody they can give an opportunity to maybe for that fifth start, uh, fifth starter spot, uh, I should say. But you know, I, I think right now kind of the idea is, look, you hope Fetty's going to be there. Patrick Corbin's going to be there. You hope you get Steven Strasburg back in there. That gives you uh, four, counting Joe Ross if you get him off that injury. Josiah Gray around there is going to be five. But you need some backup because we can't depend on those five guys. I mean, I think that, you know, with Gray, Ross, Fetty, Corbin, Strasburg, you know, the problem is performance for a couple of them, uh, especially, you know, your Corbin's going to stay in the rotation no matter what, uh, I think, next year. But you got to think about performance for guys like Eric Fetty. You got to think about performance for guys like potentially Joe Ross. I think he should be okay. Um, and then injuries, obviously, with Strasburg. So there are some questions there about performance and about health. And that's why having a Josh Rogers, that's why having a Paulo Espino in that situation are good. I still think you should bring in a couple other guys uh, and, you know, maybe bring somebody up too. Seth Romero could have a chance to be in the rotation. I think they start him out probably in the bullpen. But those are guys who will have an opportunity. Uh, once again, the Nationals, excuse me, the Mets last year brought in a bunch of dudes last offseason. You know, the Joey Lucases of the world. Um, I forget the Jordan Yamamoto, too. Still, that was not enough depth. We saw the injuries hit, and the Nationals have seen some injury bugs, too, with the pitching. Joe Ross goes down. They lost Eric Fetty for a small portion of time, and Max Scherzer was even banged up a little bit. Obviously, Steven Strasburg. With those guys, you know, you, you need, and I know Max is gone now. Uh, but they still need to have some depth. That's one thing you need to have because they don't want to tax their bullpen again. It's going to be tougher to evaluate the bullpen and evaluate guys in certain spots if your starting pitching is not producing at the uh, at a good enough level. You know, you want to be able to evaluate the evaluate the bullpen because you have guys in good spots in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings. Well, you need to make sure you get there first, and they they have to get some guys to get them to the back end so they can begin to evaluate these players in certain spots. And so I don't think they have enough at this point. I can't tell you that we can count on Josh Rogers next season. In the nationals perspective, I don't think they can depend on him for sure. Right. What's Joe Ross going to look like coming off his injury. Last we heard he avoided the surgery. How does he look? Can Steven Strasburg even go? Can Corbin bounce back? How does Fetty look? There's so many questions that, you know, I think guys like Rogers and Espino and, but hopefully more of the younger guys like, like Josh Rogers is kind of taking a flyer on him. Hopefully those guys get more opportunities to show what they've got. And 
potentially, you know, make themselves some money down the road and give the Nats some innings and give them something to think about. about, Hey, should this guy be a part of our team rotation, bullpen, whatever, moving forward? But Josh Rogers is the one you look at to say, all right, results from before have not been great. The small sample size that we got was pretty good. Let's see what he's got next season. So I'm interested. Josh Rogers, Paulo Espino, with the way the Nats have been kind of frugal so far this offseason, would not be shocked if those guys got some more opportunities in 2022. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. The next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. <laughs>